Hey everyone, this is episode 110, and I've decided to start out my episodes a little bit differently. I'm just going to jump right into it. I may end up creating a new intro, but for now, I think I'm just going to skip the intro. We've heard enough of those, right? So you know what the show's about. We're going to just dive right into this episode. I'm going to play the recording of a interview that Sean and I did together. Oh, it was live on Facebook and Sean actually was interviewing me just to kind of give me a bit of an opportunity to share a little bit more of my background and kind of, I guess, my journey in business throughout our marriage. What I was doing before we met and at the time when we met and then kind of how we started to integrate Um, together in business and how that has looked over the years over our 16 years of marriage all right so I'm going to just go ahead and play the recording thanks for joining me it's great to be here thanks for having me as your guest (laughs) (laughs) this could be a very interesting interview (laughs) this might not be as deep as I thought (laughs) okay we're gonna get serious here Okay. Serious interview. <laughs> um, really excited to have Crystal on tonight. Um, Crystal's amazing. Thank I think you. you're amazing. Thank I'm you. I'm a big fan. You are? I'm a big fan <laughs> of yours. <laughs> um, Crystal has a lot of experience. Oh, you want me in this? Yeah. Crystal has a lot of experience. I met Crystal all the way back in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. 2004. And one of the things that uh, you find that there yeah good job okay so crystal believe it or not when i met her um crystal was a, a waitress at an italian restaurant um it was called buca de peppo and she was also doing network marketing for a completely different company and a lot of people don't know that so Maybe we'll go back even further though, Crystal. Okay. What? Tell me what what was it like growing up in your household? What were how how what were the beliefs around money? What'd you what'd you grow up with around that? Okay. Yeah, to um, kind of give you a little background, or as far as like my upbringing and the things that I learned around, um, I don't know. I guess money and business building and all of that. It was more so. I think. Well, I guess I would say that we grew up really poor. Like there was a time where we even lived in a tent (laughs) in Hawaii for six months. The intention was to eventually build a house on that property, but we couldn't afford to do it. So we're like, oh, we can live in a tent. And so that was quite the experience. But I moved a lot growing up, moved over 25 times. Um, We were moving like every six months. Just, I don't know, lots of different reasons. Mm I think that what I learned from my parents was uh, kind of like living paycheck to paycheck. There was never any like learning about savings or like anything when it came to the future and preparing for the future. And it was just more like the mindset I think that I developed just by watching how my my parents worked was just really... um, I mean, I I guess I don't really know how to explain it without seeming like I'm... Um, being harsh or <laughs> yeah, yeah no need for any of that yeah but... other than I just it was I guess tough times a lot of the times right gotcha financially <laughs> yeah. so yeah and I know that I know you didn't grow up with a lot I know you know you had a great upbringing but 
you know, yeah. you were you were definitely not rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm talking a little bit more like talk to me about what you did for work uh, growing up. What were I, when when I as I got to know Crystal, it was funny because every time we'd drive by anything, she'd be like, "Oh, I did that for a job once." <laughs> And then, but it's like a hundred things. And so after a while, I was like, I just laugh every time she'd say, oh, I, I did that once. I worked there. I worked at, I worked in that capacity. And I'd be like, how many jobs did you have? So I didn't have that experience growing up. I was always in sports and I, I didn't, I worked different in different ways, but, you know, talk to us about all those jobs and what your belief system was about money. And then, you know, what, what was it that attracted you to, network marketing when you were say what 21 22 years old what was that mm -hmm. yeah I think it was yeah 23 mm -hmm. um well I did I started working and having to like pay my own bills at like 15 so I got a job um as a waitress at like a pancake <laughs> restaurant and they I was supposed to be 16 but they let me um I guess they just let me <laughs> work there a little bit before I was 16. So um, waitressing was like my first job and it kind of became my go-to job. I would try a lot of different jobs over the course of the next few years. And I tried, you know, like I was, I did anything and everything. I tried a lot of different jobs, but the waitressing was always like the, the easy, quick money. And it was always the thing that I could, would fall back on to pay my bills. But I, I just remember having this, getting to a point where I would think, okay, is this what my life is going to be? I just have to work all day just to pay my bills because I basically had no extra money after that and I didn't know how I was ever going to like get ahead. So I pay my bills. I'm like, is this what life is? You just work to live, like to pay for your food and your, your apartment, your car. And then I guess that's because I had no, no time to do anything else. I was trying to even fit in some classes at the community college, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to make it all work to, to get an education, to pay my bills and to start pursuing something that I, I was passionate about because I knew ultimately I want to be able to make money doing something that I love and I'm passionate about. But I just was like, I don't see how that's ever going to work, especially, you know, watching how my parents, I just kind of learned that you just have to work for your entire life. And there's really, you're never really going to get to a point where you get to do the things that you love. So once I was introduced to network marketing, I, I saw that as like the perfect vehicle to get me to a place where I would free up time to do the things that I love to do. So it wasn't the, necessarily that I was like f so passionate about network marketing and I wanted that to be like my career, but I saw it as, okay, well that will get me to the place where I want to be to do all the things that I want to try. Like I just wanted to try everything and couldn't figure out how I was ever going to find the time to do it. What were some of those those things that appealed to you about the network marketing business model? What, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, maybe I could gain more time. Yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. So it was seeing how it, it would become a residual income was like, oh, okay, that's that makes perfect sense. And to help, you know, as you... Um, you bring people in and then you help them. And it, it just seemed to be like the perfect way to help everybody win, you know, not me just being like the one that makes all the money. I was like, oh, we can all help each other make money. So I loved, I mean, that's basically all it was when it came to network marketing. It was just like, yeah, of course, I wanted, 
I want to be able to help other people make money while I make money. Mm-hmm. And so tell me this, like what were early on in network marketing. Now, what you guys don't know is that when I met Crystal, she was with this other company, right? And in this other company, um, she actually, when I met her, I was doing network marketing. She was doing network marketing. I wasn't, I was doing pretty just okay. I mean, I, I wasn't like killing it. I, well, to me, I was like, oh my gosh, he's like making a lot of money. But I, like, you know, what was from, I, made? Oh, I think I was, it was only like 5,000 a month, but that was a lot. Five or five 10, to 10 K. I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. In between there. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, coming from, I barely would be able to make like 1500 a month and that, you know, was perfect amount to cover my bills, but no extra. See, and, and I laugh because it's funny to me, I think back on, even when I was 20, I think we were like 23 and 24 and we were generating some pretty substantial income. And I just remember being so unsatisfied with it because I was aware, very aware of people that were doing so much better. And so I never really looked around and said, well, I'm doing pretty darn good compared to most Americans. I I would just always compare to the upper, upper, upper echelon and like, yeah. why am I not there? Why are we not there? Yeah. Remember? Now tell me this, early on in network marketing, what were some of the things that in that company, I wanted everyone to know you did well. She didn't make much money, but it wasn't because she didn't try. Like I, I looked hard. Yes. <laughs> and she enrolled a lot of people. And that's a particular company where you can enroll a lot of people and make diddly squat, but you're making someone else a lot. You're mm-hmm. making someone else a lot with high level, you know, uh, high price point enrollments, but you're not making much at all. And you didn't make much at all. And you enrolled a lot of people. And tell me, what was that like early on for you? Um, early on in that company? Mm-hmm. What were what were some of the experiences you remember? Um, I remember, um, first of all, seeing it as like the perfect vehicle, like I said, but then once I started to get into it, I noticed you know learning from you know I basically was taught to do it a certain way I was like oh my gosh yeah like learn from the successful people I'm gonna do anything they tell me to do I will do it and I I was ready and willing to do it that way but as I was doing it it just felt like so inauthentic first of all because they were basically teaching you to be there was just a certain way to do it and you had to do it that way and it was all about you know money hype and you had to they encouraged you to go and buy a brand new fancy car as soon as possible because the goal was to fake it till you make it and they would openly tell you to do that like it's okay like just go buy a brand new like really nice car um, lease it if you have to so that you can afford at least just the payment and um, it's really going to have an impact in your success in the business if you just and and to go buy expensive suits and to dress really nice and to talk a certain way and it was like I was doing it but I hated how I felt in it and also feeling like I was always having basically they would tell you to reach out to your friends and ask them for a favor and I hated that you know like cold calling your friends like hey guess what I got this awesome opportunity I want to I want to tell you about it and the way they taught me how to do it just felt really yucky to me but I just thought okay this is the only way to make money so I guess I better do it that way but I never really enjoyed it but then I met you 
and it was like I think I was only in it for like five months and met you and you were in isogenics for five months too at the same time but I I had gone into debt <laughs> with my my company and you were actually doing well and the reason why I had gone into debt is because they would really um, tell you how important it is to be at all the events, which was like one every month or two, and you'd have to fly across the country. And then I'd, you know, I couldn't afford that. I'd have to buy my own plane ticket and then get a hotel room and then food and then the fancy, you know, try to buy clothes that I could afford so that I looked the part. And it just felt so stressful. What do you mean by look the part? What does that mean? Um, Like where, like, you know, it actually, the company was, the majority of the company were men. And um, so they were all wearing suits, really expensive suits. And, and so I just, you know, did my best to, to find like a, a suit for me and look, you know, like a businesswoman. <laughs> and so that was kind of um, what I stepped into, but it just never really felt good to me. But I, I, at that time, I had the belief that this is what I got to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. Tell me this, like we met and um, obviously you learned about isogenics and kind of compare at that time back in 2004, the difference, what was it that made you say, because guys, when I met Crystal, what a lot of you don't know is that she was locked in. I mean, this other company, she was locked in. She was heavy, heavy in. She would die for that company. She well, was... I remember thinking, like, when we became serious in our relationship, I was like, well, we can both, you can work isogenics and I'll work this one. And you're like, I don't think that's going to work. Well, just, just you know, contrast, because a lot of people don't have that experience. What were, what were some of the differences you noticed in terms of, okay. you know, uh, the opportunity or the culture? What yeah. do you remember? Um, well, so when I first started going to, oh, I went to the an isogenic celebration with you, like early into um, our relationship. And I just remember being like, whoa, this is way different than the other events that I've gone to. And it was more down to earth, more um, results around the product. Like there was actually not really even a product in the other business. It was more just like, a pyramid like you get people in they pay a certain amount and then you get paid there was really not really a product they just used something to pretend like it was the product but I loved that isogenics was such a different thing I'm like oh they actually have a product that is helping people so that was really cool for me to see that and then we did a, a, a nine day at the time uh, together my first time and had really good results I remember that was exciting for me because I had struggled so much with my weight well not in a bad way but you know just having high expectations of what my body should be and and so for me to lose 25 pounds and go from a size 10 to a 5 I was like whoa this is exciting like I hadn't been that weight since I think junior high mm -hmm. so I was like I didn't know that I could be this size anymore. So that was my first initial results with Isogenics and it was exciting. And I loved that the vibe at the celebration and John Anderson was a big part of it then. And it was just such a cool feeling and it was all about results. And so many people's, you know, were seeing, um, you know, their lives were being changed by, by the whole technology of it. 
I remember because you got involved and you were like, I want to have my own income. It was important to you. Remember, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember you got involved and you started sharing your results with people you knew mm-hmm. and you got your, your business up to 14 cycles in a week, which is actually really good. Those of you that know what that means, it's, it's actually phenomenal um, that she did that uh, all by herself and got that going and then uh, kind of just like connect with what happened at that point. I, I almost don't even remember. I just remember what I do remember is we had another kid. We had two then. And I just remember we started to have to have more distinct roles. Yeah, that's kind of, you're right. But initially when we first started building isogenics, well, when we first got married and then I felt like, okay, I'm just kind of jumping into something that you've already started building. I think that was a hard transition for me because I went from feeling like I was building my own business and I had these goals that I was going to be able to make my own income. And then Sean was already doing well. And it was hard for me to just come in and, and like, I guess, just support what you were already creating and feel like I was not really a I, I don't know. For me, I felt like it was hard for me to take any ownership of it because it felt like that was his business that he had already built and he knew all the people. And it's just for me, I had a hard time stepping into that. But what I, so I was like, oh, how about I just build my own position underneath uh, uh, us? And that way I can get this sense of like empowerment I guess as a woman like I can build it I can make money too and so that was my goal and it was fun and I was excited about you know getting my the cycles up to where they were and to make my own money in that way and to see what I could build on my own but then we had our second baby and that's when life starts to get busy with (laughs) with kids and so I was like all right so I kind of just you know handed it over to Sean and I would help a little bit here and there but I think I kind of started to feel somewhat the same as maybe I was using the same approach that I learned from my first um, network marketing, which was, you know, contact all your friends and you got to talk to everybody. And I felt like I always had this agenda in my relationships. I would have make friends and I'd be like, oh, I got to tell them about isogenics. And it really was like at the top of my mind. And I didn't like having that kind of vibe in my friendships and relationships. So I just kind of lost my passion around, I guess, even network marketing and in isogenics. Uh, and for many years, I, I kept trying to get back into it because I wanted to contribute and help, but I just couldn't get myself to get excited and passionate about it again. So I kind of went on to a little detour and started, I started up the Wannabe Balance blog and which eventually turned into a YouTube channel and then a podcast and then a book. And so that was like my little thing that I was creating, but I also at the same time never came anywhere (laughs) near what Sean was able to create financially in Isogenics. And so I guess I always felt like I still wasn't contributing because it was requiring a lot of my time, but I would never be able to get it to where Isogenics could get it to. By normal standards, um, the 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 success that we we've, we've had in network marketing is is really it's it's unbelievable so to for you to compare the success that you had to that is just not fair you know what i mean with that in mind uh you actually did generate some significant success by average standards in what you were doing but 
I'd, I'd like to ask you, like, everybody wants to be a blogger. Everybody wants to be an Instagram famous. Everybody wants to be, you know, everything. And, and I think you have unique perspective because you've kind of been there and done that. Um, and what would you say your takeaways from all of that were? Um, so, yeah, let me give you a little behind the scenes of what it's like to try to be an Instagram influencer because <laughs> I tried and I, you know, did all the things. I learned how to build a following on social media and I did all the, you know, the steps. I would take all these classes and research it like crazy. Okay, there's, you know, like you got to figure out there's, there there are certain certain strategies to build an online presence. And so I was really focused on making that work and um, being a successful Instagrammer because <laughs> that's what it came became for a while was Instagram was the main thing. And I, you know, dove into that and, you know, played that role for a while, which was basically just um, posting perfect pictures all the time and promoting other people's companies and products all the time and getting paid for it. And so that was exciting, I guess, for a little while because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting, people are getting pay, or paying me to post about their products. But then it also, you know, led me down this it, feeling inauthentic again, like, okay, I'm just like posting about this toothpaste, you know, or I'm posting about this random product just because I'm getting paid for it. And I didn't like that feeling. So I, I did that for a couple of years and then fizzled out of that because I, I just, I, I think you, you kind of experiment with different things, but you realize, no, that's not me either. That's, I, I want to be more open and authentic. And I didn't, you know, when I learned about how to do Instagram, it was like, you they always would teach like you have to have like a color cohesive like feed like your pictures all have to match and it has to be the same like lighting and the way you edit the pictures and it all has to look beautiful and so I was doing that but I hated that because that's not me to just pose like perfect and matching my kids in all of our outfits and you know <laughs> having like the perfectly clean house and everything looks perfect and I would also, you know, at the same time, I was still trying to be authentic and be like, these pictures are just, you know, they're not real life. I'm just, I guess, playing the game, doing what I, I was taught I should do. But just so you know, this is not like real life. It's just my pretty pictures. I'm I'm choosing to post these. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't like that. I remember this unique thing. Um, keep in mind, Crystal got her Instagram up way up, way up there and, you know, just like crazy amount of followers. Um, she was as you said, playing the game, you know, which I think is a nice way to put it. You know, there, there's, there's ways to get there, mm -hmm. right? If that's mm -hmm. what your agenda is, there's ways to get there. Yeah. And, um, you played the game. I, I wanted to focus in on why did that leave you unfulfilled? Even though you kind of accomplished what you set out to do, why did that leave you unfulfilled? I think you kind of covered that already because you felt disingenuous. You, mm -hmm. you didn't feel authentic. But here's what's interesting. Most people, when they get to that level of success with something and they've worked that hard, they'll keep with it. And I remember very distinctly, I, I was in the bathroom at our home in Draper. And I remember you saying, I think I want to stop being an Instagram person. And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's what you're doing. That's what you've been doing. And I remember... You just said, yep, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm, I don't want to do that anymore. And I just remember thinking like, do you really get to just, 
I guess she gets to just choose that. Like, it was just a weird feeling for me. For me personally, I remember thinking, like, nobody just decides not to do that like that. Like, that's not normal. You actually, you worked really hard on that. and You made a lot of money. And then, you know, by average standards, you made a lot of money, I think. And it just felt like, wait, like, you, you're just going to stop? And that's pretty much what you did. Mm-hmm. Um which I thought was interesting. So yeah, you can go into that, but that, that I just remember that pivotal moment in the bathroom when you're, it was kind of like, I don't have to do this anymore. And I was like, <laughs> it was weird. Cause I actually yeah. felt like, yeah, you do. You chose it. <laughs> yeah. You have to do it. But you're like, no, don't have to. I, it just like, I got to this point where so much was, it was like this huge turning point for me. And, um, I don't want to be like, I'm, I don't want to talk in a way where this is really controversial. I'm not going to, you know, the way I'm expressing this is really just how my mindset shifted. So I support all beliefs and all that. So it's not about like who's right and what's the truth and all that kind of stuff. It's more of like, suddenly I got to a place in my life where I started just questioning more of what I was doing, what I was creating, what I believed, um, where I, where I wanted to go. And it, it kind of started, I just started, it felt like I was peeling back layers of an onion you know so first I decided I don't really like this um social media influencer stuff and then I was like I don't know if I really like my my beliefs as far as like what I was taught growing up and certain things just didn't align with me and and I think I just started to realize that I had the choice (laughs) you know like you said you're like no people don't just like stop doing things like you kind of have to like do them you choose something and you do it and you commit to it but I really allowed myself to open the door to all the possibilities like wait what if I what if I stopped believing in my um religious beliefs or what if I stopped doing things the way I've always done how about try something new so that's when I I um started questioning everything and then I decided finally allowed myself to be I, I think one of the first books I read at that time was really helpful for me it was called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer and even just the title of that book I was like oh my gosh I feel so tethered I like my my soul just feels tethered and why why do I feel that way it brings me back um of how cool this experience was to just finally fe- realize that I had the choice to to choose the life I wanted, choose the beliefs I wanted. I didn't realize I had that choice. I thought like my beliefs that I was taught growing up was the only way to live my life. And to finally realize that I had felt so tethered um, and to realize what was holding me bound and to to make that choice to to choose differently, it really impacted so many other areas of my life and I think it really kind of plays a role in how ER Shred came to be as well because we we started just opening up our minds to things that are completely different you know um like with ER Shred is really like I never going from vegan diet <laughs> to eating all this meat was just like wait what like I never would have thought I would be open to doing something like completely opposite of what I was doing before and now we are just kind of looking at life in that way like what if 
what if we try doing it the opposite way? You know, what if we try that? You know, it's just kind of more about experimenting in new ways that we were never open to before. And, and, um, what was the other thing that I said about, it was like the ER shred and then just, I guess, oh yeah, the business, like the way we're doing network marketing now is so different. Like Sean and I have been having a lot of conversations about how we, we feel like, you know, network marketing can still be a very beautiful thing, even though it has such a bad reputation to, to many, but we can, we have the ability to do it differently just because it has, you know, we've been taught that you, you build it this way. Like there's certain ways that you build your business. What if we just did it completely different than anything that we've ever seen before? What if we stopped putting people up on pedestals and started listening to ourselves more and stopped saying, you know, looking at all these like successful people as having all the answers or, you know, gurus and doctors. And I mean, I I love doctors. I'm just saying like getting to a place where we are starting to trust ourselves. And that's what we talk a lot about when it comes to the empowerment aspect of the ER shred. It's more than just the results. It's like, oh, what if we just start trying to do things differently? What if we stopped putting all these people up on pedestals, even ourselves? That's one thing I didn't love about the whole vibe around social media influencing was that I was being, I was being put on a pedestal and I hated the feeling of I'm an influencer. Like I even hate the name, you know, like social media influencer. And even that, that name makes me feel like, oh, you're so, um, you know, people who are influencers are better than everybody else on social media. We all look to the influencers. And I didn't like that. I didn't like putting people up on pedestals. I didn't like me being on a pedestal. I wanted to be more of a community. And same with um, the business. We did, you know, we put people up on pedestals, people who are um, millionaires in the company or you know, CEOs and we do, we just look at them like, oh, they have all the answers, but what if they don't? <laughs> what if we listened to ourselves more and tried something completely new, something different than anything we've ever done before? And that's what I love so much about the way we're deciding to do network marketing is m- different than anything we've ever been, ever been taught being in this industry for all these years. And we've read all the network marketing books. We've done all the things <laughs> that we were taught, but we're like, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be a way that feels more authentic and genuine. And now we are gen- we are literally like building a business without even thinking about the money. Like I think the other day I asked you, I'm like, so have our cycles gone up? And you're like, I don't know. I haven't even looked. And I was just curious to know. And it's just not even a thought, you know, it's just so much. We're enjoying this so much that we're not even thinking at all about what is this creating financially we're just loving the results we're loving the friendships that we're making the connections that we're making we love getting on and doing live videos and sharing you know creating content and i don't know and supporting all of you guys it just feels so good to be in this space where we can stop putting people up on pedestals and even you know, like Sean and I were just saying like I we we don't want to be on the pedestal around ER shred we want you guys all to be with us rising with us we're all together we are all ER shred not just me and Sean 
you know? So it feels much better for me, like, and for my soul. I just feel like, oh, now I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring out how to do things in my own authentic way and figuring out what it feels like to listen to myself because I've never... I'm 40, almost 40 years old and I have never learned how to listen to myself. And it's, it's a process to figure that out because I have all, all these voices in my head like, oh, well, this person said I got to do it this way. This person says that this is the way to live your life. And so you've got all these in, people who have influenced you over your life and it's hard to sift through and figure out, well, wait, what's mine? What am I, what am I saying? Because <laughs> there's so many in your head. So we're learning how to like strip it all down and get to a place where we can actually hear what our intuition, our higher self, our inner voice is telling us so that we can live in more joy and enjoy. I never really understood what it meant to be, enjoy the journey because we're always like, no, we got to reach this goal. We got to get, once we're here, once we make it this big and this company, or once we become millionaires or, you know, all these things that we're waiting till, once we get there, then we'll be happy. But we are figuring out how to like finally be just so happy and content and so in the present moment that we're not thinking okay well what are we going to create what are we what is our goal what are we trying to create 10 years from now we're like we're just loving every minute of it thank you so much that was awesome i can't add anything to that it's just fantastic like you know everything you just said you know what that does for me makes my heart sing Mm -hmm. yeah makes my heart sing Thank you so much. That's beautiful. Um, We're going to close with this. If you could, if you could say, someone said, Crystal, tell me the number one thing you love the most about the ER shred. Uh, What would that be for you? Okay. Well, there's a lot. So I was going to say that's easy, but I'm like, wait, which one is the most? I think what I love the most is that it does require some effort on our part it's not this like oh this magic pill or you just drink a magic potion and yay you're you're healthier i love that this requires some effort on our part and we talk about how you really get to a point where it you no longer need that that discipline and willpower but in the beginning it does require that but isn't that awesome that it requires that kind of willpower like when you think about the things that you do in your life like running a marathon, doing those hard things that, you know, not many, not everybody's willing to do, but you're like, you want to prove to yourself that you can do hard things. And I love that that is kind of our, our culture. It's not a quick fix. It's not a magic pill or potion. And it takes some effort on our part and the empowerment that we are creating you know, all of us together, collectively, the empowerment that we're creating around what we put in our bodies, it spills over into all areas of our life. Like I mentioned, like now I'm just seeing things so differently and I'm more open to, you know, experimenting in different ways that I've never even considered before. And I love that it really does open your mind to new ways of living. That's a good one. That was a good one. Wow. That was clever. Um, I don't have anything to add to that either. That's phenomenal. <laughs> you're, you're doing, you just got, uh, it's almost like, uh, wow, I couldn't even come up with that stuff. That's really good. Um, just want to brag on you a little bit. A lot of people don't know this. Uh, Crystal, my wife, I bet you she reads more books than anyone you know. 
I'm serious. I bet you she has studied more personal development than anyone you know. Like crazy amounts. I'm not talking about she sets aside a little time now and then to to make sure she gets her reading in. She is just divulging information all the time. It's very unique. Um, It's very inspiring on my end to see someone that is that devoted to bettering themselves. Um, Crystal, I just, I just think you're amazing that way. Like I've always, you know, I, I learn in different ways than you for sure, but, um, I'm just, I look up to you that way that you're that dedicated to, to growth. It's really amazing. And for what it's worth, I want to let everyone know that Crystal, she got certified. She's a life coach and, you know, she went down that road. She already had a whole bunch of clients and, um, she was finding so much fulfillment in that. And then she saw how busy I've been with, uh, ER shred. And she's been, you know, trying to keep tabs on what a lot of people have been doing with ER shred because it really is blowing up like more than we could have ever imagined. And, uh, she just decided, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put, uh, the, the life coaching on hold for the time being. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I really want to support this while, while this is, uh, in its infancy. And, it, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for that because you don't have to do that. And, and, uh, that was your idea. That wasn't mine. Well, I just realized, I think it just kind of took me some time to realize how they can just be so perfectly integrated. And so I can take my um, skills around life coaching and apply it here in the group. And I, I want to do it as, you know, as a service because I'm so passionate about this community anyway. So I, I'm, you know, offering what I can for all of you guys. And because that's something that I am very passionate about. So I'm taking the two things I'm most passionate about well three because I got Sean too so (laughs) I'm working with my passion he's my passion (laughs) and then we have ER Shred and personal development it's like oh it's all perfect perfectly combined and I love it all and so I just think we're finally into this place where we figured out how to or me I think Sean's always like wanted me to be more involved in isogenics and but I I had a hard time taking ownership around the business because I'm like oh he built it he was the one that started it and it's always been him so this is our first time where we've actually been this much in alignment around what we're creating you know I would always have my own thing that I was creating and he would be more involved in isogenics and this is the first time we actually are co-creating one of the things you didn't talk about um was just how you didn't want to be perceived as that hawkster you know you didn't want to be that I remember that like you're right. I would, tr- I would be like, Hey, you know, I, I come do this isogenics with me. And I just remember you'd be like, well, if, if I can find a way to do it where I don't have to be the product hawkster, you know, the, the huckster, what do you call it? Yeah. The, the person that's constantly blah, 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 you know, yeah. spewing on people. Have yeah. you tried this? Buy this, buy this, buy this. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then it's the next shiny object and the next shiny object. And I remember thinking like, I can't argue with that because I don't really like being it either. It's, you know, it's kind of what I, did I sign up for this, right? Did I sign up for this? Did I sign up to be hawking products all the time? Like not my idea of, you know, what I, what I really want to be. Yeah. And I think what I, what I took from that was like that I just wasn't cut out to be a network marketer because 
you know, based on all the books and the way we've been taught that like, oh, you just have to overcome your fear and you have to, you know, be willing to call people. You have to talk to people and step out of your comfort zone. And so I just thought, well, I'm just not willing to do that. And I'm just not, um, I guess I would just think there was something wrong with me because I wouldn't, I wasn't willing to be seen as perceived as that kind of person. I didn't want that. And so I was like thinking, well, I guess I just am never going to be that successful because I just don't want to do that. But now I'm realizing that, oh, wait, maybe we don't have to be perceived as the person who's like, oh my gosh, like everybody's dreading that like, oh, here she comes. She's going to be talking about, (laughs) you know, but I think that's why I'm really so passionate about the ER shred because um, for all the reasons I've already mentioned, but just it's more of a natural thing. It doesn't feel in any way like I'm trying to convince anyone or sell anything. It's just, it's just natural. <laughs> natural. That's good. Natural's the way to go. I, I agree. Thank you so much. Guys, Crystal's amazing. I'm going to unmute the line. You did great. Like home run, hit a home run. <laughs> great. I hope you guys enjoyed all that information as much as I did. Uh, I hope it spoke to you like it speaks to me. It, it literally... The way that I always describe when things resonate with me is I I actually say that makes my heart sing. I can actually feel my heart. Like I, <laughs> I'm not a good singer, but my heart, I know when it's singing, it's literally brings joy to my heart. I don't feel it in my head. I feel it in my heart. And Crystal and I, that's one of the things that we've been learning is to feel, is to feel and then to trust the feeling and You've gotten so amazing at that. I'm so impressed by you. <laughs> it's taken me 40 years. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> You're getting so good at that. Um, I'm going to unmute the lines, let everybody love on Crystal. We'll say good night. Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.